you know, they, can they use this underwater, you know, soundscape to, to navigate and know where to go yeah. or where, you know, like, so I think, you know, we're starting to kind of get to that with, with mammals and stuff like that, like how important the sounds in the ocean and Hi, I'm Kelsey Murchie. I am a PhD student at the University of Victoria working with uh, Francis Juanes and I study uh, the impacts of shipping noise on Chinook salmon, uh, mainly focusing on their behavior. Welcome to episode 9 of Blow the Tide. My name is Liz and this is the third and final episode with Kelsey Murchie and we're chatting about some of her field work and her hypotheses for her research here on Vancouver Island regarding underwater noise and Chinook salmon. If you haven't listened to episodes 7 and 8, I would highly recommend going back and doing that so that you get the intro to Kelsey and her research and all of that. As with all of my episodes, I have resources on my Instagram page at Below the Tide Podcast. So there's a post for this episode that has pictures and definitions and such, and I have that for every episode. So we'll jump right in. We're talking about fieldwork and some of her hypotheses for uh, her research. Grab a coffee and enjoy. You were up in Campbell River this summer. I was, yeah. Because we've been trying to get together for like. <laughs> I, I felt so bad. I was no, just no. Like, it was oh also me because, and even today, I when I sent you an email, we have an email thread of twenty one emails that started, I think, in June, and it's currently November. Oh and I'm my like, God. wow, I I must seem like the most persistent person in the world, <laughs> but. Um, yeah, because you went up to Campbell River for a couple of weeks. And what yeah. were you doing up there? Um, so this was kind of uh, an extension of, you know, what we've been doing in Cowichan Bay. Um, we wanted to, you know, again, keep looking at impacts of noise mm -hmm. on Chinook salmon. Um, and so we decided uh, in Campbell River, because there's kind of this where they will, like, it's like in front of, like, some of the... I guess wharfs and stuff mm -hmm. that are up there um, by the like Tai pool oh, um, yeah. where there's that fishing club um, that's out there and the the fish will kind of tend to hang out there mm -hmm. and so we were like okay like let's there's a lot of shipping noise here as well you yeah. know we have tugs and the ferry and like yeah. all these other you know shipping so it was like okay like let's let's try it you know yeah. one more time we already had all the equipment so it was easy you know you mm -hmm. put the equipment down and just kind of monitor it for the time while it was down yeah so we did um, the underwater hydrophone um, with a like a sonar that's kind of scanned the front of the Argonaut Wharf and a camera mm -hmm. that could take like some some video and stuff oh cool to try to look yeah if we could see any sort of behavioral changes mm -hmm. um, when like shipping and stuff were were nearby yeah. um, so we got because um, actually the the Argonaut Wharf is owned by or leased by the the mine up oh, there okay. so it's where they load the um, some of the freighters with the like iron and zinc and stuff yeah. that are from the mine um, so we re reached out to them and got permission to put our equipment down there oh, cool. and then I spent like six weeks kind of going back and forth <laughs> to Campbell River <laughs> so it's one just of a small commute you know 
We have a, one of my colleagues that's on the project working with me, um, he lives in Black Creek. Okay. So he would check on it one day and then I would just drive up um, one, one other day a week. Yeah. How long is um, the drive? It's like... It's like three hours there. Yeah. And three, three and hours a half. Back. Yeah. 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 It was like a full, like, because I was quite silly and would just do it as a day trip because it got to be quite challenging to find hotels up there. Oh. Like the, the one time I decided to stay, uh, there was like one Airbnb that was like a room in somebody's house. <laughs> and I was just like, oh. <laughs> like, and the hotels were like five, 400 and some a night and stuff like that. And so I was just like, what is happening? Like, I yeah. don't, so I was like, then I was just like, okay, like I obviously can't stay here. Yeah. Like, so once we kind of had it up and running, I was just like, okay, I'll just drive up. Like, it was literally like, you know, like check to make sure it's still running, save the file, start a new one. And then I could leave. I yeah. always would stay and like walk around and mm -hmm. like just kind of take notes if I like, you know, saw a tug go through yeah. or saw something that I'm like, ooh, that might be kind of an interesting sound, you know, kind of make a note. But, um, but then yeah, then I'd, you know, get back in my car and drive back. <laughs> <laughs> By the end of it, I was just like, what did I do? <laughs> but um, yeah, so hopefully, um, I have a, a student working with me right now that's um, going through the acoustic data. So that's kind oh, of our yeah. first step is to pull out when those like, you know, close, good boat noise yeah. um, is occurring so that we can then look back at the sonar and see or the, the camera. It actually only recorded, I think, for like two and a half, three weeks okay. um, just because of the, the battery life on yeah. it um, isn't. And the, the sonar was plugged into power so we could it could go yeah. the whole time. Um, but yeah, so we'll see. Um, wow. It definitely is a busier area mm -hmm. than Cowichan Bay, which is, okay. I guess, to be expected, yeah. being that um, it's a little bit more of an open fishery because um, mm -hmm. it's not limited, I don't think, to... Um, I think anybody can fish there, but maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I'm not quite sure. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm so used to Cowichan where it's like, no, it's only the First Nations, yeah. so I'm so used to that. Um, but... Yeah, she, we actually had to, like, she was originally going to try to get through the whole six weeks, um, but she stopped just at the end of, like, August for it, because um, mm -hmm. this is for a, a directed studies oh, for yeah. this term, so, and just because, and I think she's at, like, 500 and some good sounds, <laughs> I'm just, like, sitting there, and I was just like, okay, yeah, you can stop there, <laughs> we'll deal with the rest later, so it was just a lot more, and I think the, the one receiver that we've looked at in Couch and Bay, it had like 200 or 300 good sounds wow. for a you know eight week period versus like a three week period that she's looked at Whoa. so i was very like oh yeah that's you know a lot more yeah. you know traffic at least maybe you know maybe it's just this year but it does yeah. sound like maybe there's just more yeah. noise and if we can hear the ferry or something you know like that's a very consistent you know every half an hour yeah. or so that I think it runs up there. Oh my so. goodness. Wow. So yeah, so we'll see. <laughs> we'll see what comes of that. And what do you, what are you kind of like expecting to see or hypothesizing? I'm not sure. Yeah, like the, you know, we do see, you know, like obviously when you're fishing, you have, you know, your, your motor running mm -hmm. and you're still catching fish. So they're, you know, maybe yeah. not... It's not turning them off from feeding, I guess, yeah. you know, necessarily. Um, but, you know, it would be interesting to see, like, if 
if they are showing any sort of behaviors that might be similar to how they would respond to like a predator, which right. could be like, you know, like if they, if they dive deep or um, kind of stop moving yeah. um, or go really fast, like a burst behavior. Yeah. Um, so those are kind of the things we're, we're trying to look for, I should say, to mm -hmm. see if we notice um, any changes. Yeah. Um, and it might also just depend on how, how loud it is and how close they are to it. Oh, yeah. Um, which is what sometimes makes the, the tag hard because the, you know, the receiver, the tag receivers can detect the tag sometimes, you know, a kilometer away. Yeah. But so we can't necessarily say like this is the level the fish was getting, um, even though it's like it's in the region of being right. detected, and this is what the sound you know recorder was getting. Yeah. But it's not a. I'd love to put a little hydrophone on a fish, but <laughs> technology is not quite there yet. Um, We're not there yet. It would be it would be quite challenging to do. I think it yeah. would be you know if I'd love that if if we could figure out a way to like do an acoustic tag that mm -hmm. could detect like the you know a little bit of like an audio recording yeah and save with a detection yeah. even if it wasn't you know every detection or this or that yeah but um we that's the you know. first-hand experience of yeah the <laughs> it's one of those moments where you can be like oh and that's exactly because that's you know they have tags that's like those like suction cup tags that they put on oh, the whales yeah. the, some of those have underwater hydrophones that oh, then they true. can actually you know hear like this is kind of the received level of the whale when it encounters wow. things so hopefully we're getting closer and closer maybe they'll yeah. make a little tiny it won't uh, won't be a suction cup because it won't yeah. stay on but <laughs> maybe we can get <laughs> some sort of way to to be able to detect that because i yeah. think that would be the the next step that might be needed to yeah fully understand i guess what's yeah. what's happening but <laughs> you know dream maybe, maybe sometime in my career that'll be a thing yeah. that i can implement but mm -hmm. um, for right now i think you know, we can try to do our best, to, yeah. but this is, yeah, it's, you know, kind of what makes field research challenging is, yeah, like there's, there's so many factors and you're, you know, in behavior, you're dealing with all sorts of other things where, you know, an individual could respond completely different compared yeah. to another individual. Mm -hmm. So it's always, uh, it's always crazy. Oh my goodness. <laughs> what did you find to be the biggest conclusion or your biggest takeaway from your research thus far? Um, I haven't really analyzed all the behavior stuff yet, so that's a <laughs> <laughs> or even like something that you learned while being out in the field or while doing your your analysis that you're like, wow, like did not expect that or I didn't think of that. Um, one cool thing I guess that we have um, kind of noticed because so. I've kind of started by looking at just their general um, behavior patterns from our acoustic tagging in Cowichan Bay, mm -hmm. just to see kind of what they're doing, and then we're going to add the sound as kind of the, the next level, because um, we first wanted to get a good sense of what they're actually doing in Cowichan Bay prior to moving upriver to spawn. And uh, one thing we noticed was um, they have a, um, a daily pattern in their depth uh, distribution. Uh, so during the day, they're quite shallow. I'm um, kind of hanging out in kind of that upper part of the water column. And then at night, they're moving deeper, um, which is kind of opposite of what you really expect. Most mm -hmm. fish will actually be shallower during the day and move up at night to feed. Mm -hmm. And um, another research group at the University of British Columbia in Vancouver, um, they 
have been doing tagging more on the West Coast, um, so out of like Port Renfrew area, and they actually noticed the opposite in their depth. So theirs are kind of following that traditional pattern of being um, deeper during the day and shallower at night. So it is kind of also starting to get at maybe as these fish are moving back to their um, you know, natal streams, they're actually switching what they're doing uh, throughout the day, um, which was kind of an interesting thing that we didn't quite you know, expect to find because we weren't really sure what they were going to be doing, but just having this kind of opposite pattern and what that kind of might mean for them mm-hmm. um, as they're moving you know, up the river and interacting with, you know, different predators in the estuary and stuff like that. Yeah, that was one thing that is really interesting is like, are Chinook salmon on the decline? Um, I think certain stocks, it okay. is it is quite yeah. stock dependent. Um, like uh, Cowichan has been, been doing quite well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like the, you know, Fraser, Fraser mm-hmm. River stocks um, aren't doing as well. And yeah. So um, it'll be interesting to see. I think there's been some more. I know for a long time that was just kind of like they're they're declining. Yeah. Um, but hopefully, you know, maybe in the coming years we can kind of start to see, you know, yeah. maybe them coming back. But yeah, I know it, it's very stock dependent. Okay. Um, yeah. And I think it it is. I think you know we need to start thinking about you know which stocks it is and yeah. how we can you know address those you know, in-river conditions mm-hmm. as well as, you know, oceans and... Yeah. So, yeah, um, I'm kind of a crossover of acoustics and yeah. <laughs> salmon, so... It's an interesting crossover, you know? Yeah. And you're creating that baseline for more people to get involved and to look into it. Yeah, I hope so. I yeah. hope we can, you know, kind of continue to, to build more and look, you know, at, you know, all the different species because... You know, yeah. we've, we've looked at so few right now to, mm-hmm. to see what the impacts are, yeah. but um, it'd be good to know. And, you know, they are such a, you know, a key species in this area that, mm-hmm. you know, the, you know, we have the, the you know, recreational fishing industry mm-hmm. and our First Nations that really, you know, like depend on them. And yeah. so it's really, it's good to know, I guess, all the factors that are influencing this yeah. as we've seen, you know, their, their decline and potentially you know, it'd be nice to then if we can try to get those populations yeah. back and whether that's through just, you know, other avenues in addition to, mm-hmm. but yeah, to really just highlight all those different impacts that we have on this species. Yeah. And if there is one thing that you wish, like, a general public could know about either underwater noise or how it affects Chinook salmon specifically, like, something that you have learned through your research that you wish, like, more people could know, what would it be? Other than how cute Chinook salmon are. I guess it would just probably be how important, you know, the, you know, the underwater soundscape and the different, you know, components of, you know, our impact, you know, the different um, animals that are producing sounds Mm -hmm. and stuff, like just how that relates to, you know, fish and Chinook and the importance of, you know, you know, what that means, you know, like, are they, you know, they, can they use this underwater, you know, soundscape to, to navigate and know where to go, yeah. or, you know, like, so I think, you know, we're starting to kind of get to that with, with mammals and stuff like that, like how important the sounds in the ocean and in the fresh wall for, 
fish it'll be fresh water as well yeah. but <laughs> you know <laughs> is important to them and mm -hmm. just kind of think about our impact I guess on those different um, habitats and such yeah. perfect that's pretty much it <laughs> you did it <laughs> <laughs> And that concludes episode nine of Below the Tide. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed. I hope you learned something. I am really excited that we got to hear all this from Kelsey and maybe I'll try and connect with her once her research is done and we can kind of get like an up-to-date, a little update on where her research went and what she found. I think that would be really interesting. And if you want to follow along with the rest of my episodes, check out my Instagram page at Below the Tide Podcast. I have a new episode coming out every Thursday, so check back and have a great rest of your week. <laughs>